Alcohol Beyond This Point Podcast. This isn't two podcasters talking business. This is two business guys trying to podcast. That's the sound of the police. Whoop, whoop. That's the sound of the police. Okay, how do I stop That's this the sound thing. of the peace. Um, how did you find <laughs> cop car scene? Oh, ambulance. That's much better. Much. I'd much rather be an ambulance chaser. Hi, guys. Oh. And girls. And thembies. Welcome back to Alcohol Beyond This Point, the podcast where we debate business topics both sober and drunk to see if we come to the same conclusion. We have not been here for a while. We have disappeared, but now we are back. How do I get out of this hellscape, Willows? Tyler's, um, the light that's behind us, Tyler's like fucking around with the different modes. Can't go like normal mode. It's just like cop car, ambulance, fire truck. We're allowed to tell, we're allowed to explain now why we haven't recorded in a month. Do you want to tell the audience? No. Okay. Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode. This has been episode 118 of Alcohol Beyond This Point. Um, you can follow us, Alcohol Beyond This Point, on Facebook. Follow Alcohol Beyond This Point on Instagram. Thank you. So, now we're back. Uh, top 10 things that we were doing in June besides this. Top 10 things we were doing in June. I'm going to cut all of this out. Let's just start here. Hello, welcome back to Alcohol Beyond This Point, the podcast where we debate business topics, both sober and drunk, to see if we come to the same conclusions. My name is Willows. My name is Tyler. And we have been missing. We have been MIA for like a month and a half. Sorry. Um, Tyler, do you want to explain why we've been MIA? Because now we can talk about it. I've made public announcements now. I mean, I do, but I'd rather you do it first. Okay, fine. We're moving into a new bar. Wow. Um, my winery, which I own... And don't let anyone tell you that I don't own 50% of my winery. Are people no matter saying what that? You, no matter what you would read in the... Never mind. Don't Google it. Um, we, My winery is moving. We're moving into a new building um, that's going to be like three or four times the size um, of our current building and 10 times the size of the bar or 10 times the seating at least. Yeah. So we're going up to 100 seats in the bar um patio eventually not this year we won't get it done in time before the winter but patio uh space for events um really really cool and uh tyler has been uh gracious enough i mean i've been giving him money but he's been gracious enough to be the gc on this project and um helping us build the bar uh we're like two weeks from open and we haven't even started building the bar yet well the bar itself yeah i mean to be fair we're also building a wine production facility so What's that? Yeah. So it's it's a lot of work. It's a big footprint, and we're so, doing it in our free fucking time. Yeah. So. And if you're listening of the show or follow me at all, I also acquired another business, like a six-figure-plus business in June, like a month ago. Which we talked about. Which we've talked about at length. But just so you, the context is, I'm running two businesses that are doing, like, you know, combined $600,000 in sales while doing renos in like my free time in quotations so <laughs> so the um, podcast has suffered yeah so we basically the wednesday that we had earmarked every week to do this podcast we said okay yeah. let's just spend it doing renos instead yeah and that's what we've been doing for like a month uh basically but um this week it was just like you've already been there a couple times this week yeah um we just finished doing the floor, like the epoxying the floor. So like we couldn't really walk on and on it. So we had to like move all the equipment out of the main room. And it's like a lot of fucking work. Um, it's a lot of whatever. So we were just like, you know what? Fuck it. Podcast. Cause we, I think we had both said separately that like 
that well we've said before like this podcast is pretty therapeutic yeah and i'm like i'm feeling i'm feeling it i'm like missing it <laughs> i need some catharsis yeah so yeah so it's like absolutely nice to do one every so often because the original plan was to do it like every second week yeah but then we just got so fucking busy with the randos we just like didn't have time to not do it yeah but uh, i mean technically we don't have time today but we kind of don't have, also don't have anything else to do. We're kind of hung up on other people. So. Yeah, we're like waiting for the electrician to do something. We're waiting for the plumber to do something. It, there's not a ton more because we need to basically just close up the walls now. Yeah. But we can't do that until we get an uh, electrician inspection or whatever. Yeah. I have a health inspection on Monday scheduled. I can't like put in more shit until my preliminary health inspection is done. Like it's, it's we're basically kind of just. Yeah. Yeah. We've. Yeah. So stuck. I mean, we're stuck yeah fucking so. story of my life man yeah, yeah so it is what it is but that's been fun so that's actually we've been keeping that under wraps since uh january we moved into this building so it's been seven months seven and a half months since we uh since we started started doing the renos basically or at least started applying for the permits to do the renos right we so, didn't start working on it until what three months ago yeah january 12th i was in the building but then we had to get like a construction demolition permit, a construction right. permit, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, we didn't actually start building. Yeah. But about three months about that. Yeah. May maybe. Yeah. And yeah. there was a bunch of, yeah. Taking out old walls and expanding the space. But the really cool thing was the building is almost perfect the way it was. We yeah. Well, we that's why we picked it. We literally moved one wall and then one bathroom had been previously had previously existed and then they had ripped it out and turned it into like a weird locker room. And now we're just turning it back into a bathroom. we're turning it back into a bathroom. So we're like, we've got to put up like two walls and we moved one other wall and then it's like perfect. Because so, another building that I looked at. Sounds like not a lot of work, but when it's... No, it, it's <laughs> when it's a 1960s building, it's a lot of fucking work. And it's big. Everything's big. So like, I'll try to make this like positive for people listening because actually I had two different people that I'm that I know that have like moved away that just happened to be visiting right. this week and they hit me up and we hung out and both of them said, I listened to that full episode when you acquired the business. It was actually really good. I'm like, yeah. oh. and nope. they, they thought it was interesting. Yeah. So I want to do the same thing here with, uh, maybe you're looking into a commercial space with your business and you've never done that before. Um, yeah, we toured like 12 or 13 buildings. Yeah. Um, and the way, great way to do this is just hit up a real estate agent, commercial real estate agent. Um, here's what I did. Ask my friend who's a, um, house real estate agent, residential real estate agent. Yeah. I'm sure listening, you all have those because <laughs> everyone knows somebody. Yeah. We need to inspect, we need to investigate the pipeline from, uh, club bottle girl to real estate agent. Cause I feel like that's like every aging club girl that I know is now getting a real estate agent's license. Anyway, so text one of them <laughs> and ask them... Text your bottle girls. One of them will be a realtor. Yeah, and ask them if they have any realtor friends or that works in the same office that does commercial. They'll probably refer you to somebody. So that's basically what I did. It wasn't also, a bottle girl. rule number one, use a fucking realtor. Use a realtor, guys. Stop. And a lawyer. I This building that I'm moving out of... I negotiated that myself off Kijiji, which is Craigslist, essentially. For civilized people. For, yeah. Um, don't do that. I would recommend. I would recommend just because. But you guys still were like pretty savvy negotiators overall. We were 18 like, years old. Later though. on. <laughs> like, later on, though. Yeah. So, I don't. Yeah. I just never let people take advantage of us. Like, yeah. But um, the if you're like, oh, well, I can't afford it. They don't get paid by you. Right. They get paid by the agent or by the person listing the property. Yeah. Pays a commission to the agent that brought the 
client to yeah. you or whatever. So you're yeah. not paying anything out of pocket. Yeah. Um, so use them. So they, they gave us, we basically, they're like, okay, just give us what you want broad. Right. Yeah. So we're like, okay, between like 6,000 and 10,000 square feet in these three neighborhoods, these two zonings. Yeah. And then they got a list of like 50. We scrolled through them narrowed it down to like 10 and then we toured like 10. They added a couple more as we were going, but we toured, I think total of 12 buildings and some it... of them, as soon as you walk in there, you're like, no, <laughs> this yeah. is not going to work, but you have to it's hard. The pictures it's hard, right? Yeah. But something like you walk in, you're like, no, 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 no way. And, um, we had it down to two or three, two for sure. Yeah. This one and another one. And the other one actually probably would have been better. I don't want to say better, but it just different. Yeah. But the thing was with that, it was a completely empty shell of a building. Right. So we would mm -hmm. have to have built out everything. And we would, if we're running out of money now, which for the record we are, um, we would have fucking ran out of money <laughs> before also, we even got anything done. And also there wasn't, um, well, I guess you'll talk about this yet, but uh, like financing to do any renovations. The landlord, yeah. So like the empty shell wouldn't have been a deal breaker if it would have been better terms. Yes. So what's here's something that I, I'd kind of heard about, but I've never, I never done it before. Yeah. Which is uh TI tenants in what is it? Tenants improvement allowance. Yeah. So very, very common. Like you, I'm sure you can vouch for this very common in uh, commercial real estate. Yeah. Where, um, because you're signing like I signed 10 years in this new building. Yeah. That's a multi-million dollar contract, right? Yeah. I'm paying whatever the rent is 80 grand a year for, 10 years like you know you're paying a well, lot of money um, almost a million dollar contract why what, what, let's like do the math Eight hundred thousand. Eighty grand a year for 10 what years a, it's eight hundred thousand dollar contract okay but still eight hundred thousand dollars is a big fucking contract that's yep. like a nice house yeah so no that's a shitty house in uh <laughs> nowadays oh <laughs> right that's a porta potty in toronto but anyway so you know so what's very common is that the landlord will put in money or work to uh, make the building more suitable for the tenants yeah. so that they'll sign a longer contract. And a lot of them like it because you're only improving your own building. Right. right? All the work that we're doing yeah. improves the fundamental value. New HVAC, new air conditioning, new heaters, yeah. you know, pavings, like whatever, new walls. Like all of what we're doing is improving the value of the property, which I do not own. Yeah. Updating 70-year-old electrical. Yeah. So... It's just work. So basically we negotiated originally what the negotiation was. He was going to do all this work. So he was going to be like, replace these windows, put it in an HVAC, whatever. But we have such weird specific needs. Yeah. He was like, you know what? What if I just give you a certain amount of money and you do everything? Yeah. And we're like, bet that works out better for us actually. So he, we negotiated, he was going to give us about $110,000. Yeah. In essentially cash. The way it's calculated is a rough dollar amount per square foot of building. Yes, exactly that. So that's, I think, if you were negotiating, typically you would negotiate um, per square foot, $8 a square foot, whatever it is. And then say, and then the deal that we negotiated was we pay for 40000 he gives us 40000 Then yep. we pay for 40000 he gives us 40000 Then we pay for fifty, he gives us 50 or or 30 or whatever it was. Um. 
And here's something I always say that people are always confused by, like with commercial real estate, everything's up for negotiation. Yes. There are no consumer protection laws. <laughs> yeah. Everything there, is up for negotiation. There are no guardrails. It's no. corporation versus corporation. Yeah. There's no rules. Except so, for whatever. It's there's The only law is contract law and like fraud. But that's just whatever you agree to. Yeah. As long as you don't commit fraud, you can yeah. basically agree to whatever you want. Yeah. You so, can commit tax fraud though. That's okay. Yes. So my lawyer and my real estate agents just did that all that negotiating for me basically. Yeah. And then just told me about it, which is I'm like that I'm getting to the point in my career where I can just like, yeah, you guys go handle it and just give me the Sparks notes afterwards. Yeah. It's nice. Also costs a lot, but it's Realtor it versus nice. realtor, lawyer versus lawyer. It's the way it should be done. Yeah. It's the way that they prefer it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it will get it will be better for you. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, we hired actual professional architects and engineers this time instead of doing all the fucking dumb work by ourselves last time with no qualifications. Yeah, well, uh, for the key points um, that really matter to permits and planning, but not on the design front. The design we're still doing, or I'm doing rather. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, so I'm doing the design aspects of the finishing, but the, like, structure, shape, occupancy, layout, all that of the building is all professionally done and that was mostly because we only had a set amount of time and you need professionals to do that yeah as soon as you start getting big projects Mm -hmm. like that we're in now um i mean big in quotations they're not gonna well i mean you can't really like you're like this we went through this when we built our last bar we were grandfathered into a bunch of stuff yeah if you have like under 12 person capacity then you don't have to do a bunch of shit right and you don't need an engineer involved if it's like under a certain amount of uh money you're spending or uh, like whatever so yeah, yeah. So it's been very, very stressful, uh, burning fucking money, even with the the TI from the landlord, like just yeah. spending way too much. And like, we're well, not even close to being done. So I, I don't know where this one is. We're being very thrifty though. But as far as like expenses go, you guys have knocked off all the big things. We're basically done. Yeah. Like it's from here on out, it's just finishing, Yeah, which is uh, maybe... 20% of total budget yeah. will be finishing. Well, but yeah, because it, it's, it's going to be all the stuff you see, so it feels like all of it. But Yeah, because like we spent like $40,000 on the architects, which is, you know, I know they're doing a lot of work, but then you look at the empty building and you're like, oh, I already spent 40 Gs. Spent <laughs> yeah, that's th- fucked. <laughs> spent $30,000 on the just the HVAC, which is on yeah. the outside of the building, like yeah. the, the ventilation and shit. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, 8000 9000 on the plumber, like, you know, just a, like, a lot of money yeah. on just random shit. And then like a couple weeks ago, but well, maybe a month ago before we put up that first wall. Yeah. I was just looking at like, nothing has changed. <laughs> like we haven't done a single thing. We moved <laughs> one wall in three months. What yeah. the fuck? And I've spent a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty stupid. So we were getting a little bit stressed, but it's um, pretty stupid. I'm feeling okay. I'm, I'm, I think like the opportunities because I keep, keep, cause like for context, my bar right now is 10 people. It's a, t- yeah. like, we, we don't even call it a bar. It's a tasting room and we don't have a kitchen. Um, you know, and it's, and it's great. People love it. Like our customers love it, but daily, not even exaggerating daily. We get a call to the bar saying, Hey, I have a 25 person retirement party. Yeah. Can we book your place? Sorry. We have 10 person capacity. Hey, I have a 30-person corporate getaway. Hey, I have a wedding party. Hey, I have a bachelor party daily. Yeah. Or I get people being like, hey, do you like have a kitchen, serve hot food? No. Sorry. Not coming by. Like, you know. Yeah. So there's so many things that we're doing in the new place that is like, I'm just leaving tens of thousands of dollars, if not more, on the table. Every, yeah, at least probably $10,000 a month. Yeah, or more. Like, 
So fuck it. Fuck it. And part of it too is that we are out no, we are out of space. Yes. Yeah. Per, oh, absolutely. For production. I could, because yeah. like the, the bar for us has never been a huge moneymaker. It like pays for the employees to be around and it's fine. Yeah. And it's, and the customers like it, but. Because currently you have your production facility and then you have storage across the entire goddamn city. Yes, exactly. So we are out of space. Like you've seen my place. If you follow I haven't, us. I haven't seen Headingley in like a year. It's full. <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's full. So I have two buildings, one in uh, a town, Headingley, Manitoba, and then one here in Winnipeg. And both of them are literally like, we have power rack on every wall, pallets of wine up to the ceiling. Uh, yeah. We have to like disassemble shit and move it across the room to do something on the other side of the room. Uh, everything in the winery is on wheels. We yeah. just move it to the front of the building in the bar during the week and then move it to the back of the back. Like you have to like shimmy past shit. Like it's like we're, we are, Full. You're losing efficiency. Oh, that's an understatement. And you, what's your like, total like footprint right now? I know your Headingley footprint is really reduced because you have to fit a giant one of those giant yard forklifts in there. Yeah. So our so we our entire space. winery production facility is 800 square feet. Yeah, that's like my small apartment. Yeah, and that's with like half of that storage as well. Yeah, there's like a mezzanine, but like that's the mezzanine's inefficient. I we have to hand bomb upstairs to get shit up there. Yeah. Um, and then my, my storage unit is 1100 square feet, but yeah, it's not used very effectively because we that, don't, that's it. It's only 11. Yeah. Oh, uh, reason I thought it was bigger. No, we don't have, um, a forklift there. So we borrow the neighbor's forklift and they're, they're great. We are, they're nice. We give them bottles of wine all the time. Um, but we borrow their forklift and it's one of these big ass propane giant tire ones. So for it to be able to fully turn around, we can't put racking on the one wall. Right. So we're wasting like half the space. So like shit right now is sardined in there. Like when we go to move shit, we have to spend an hour like pulling pallets out to yeah. get to what we want. And you have a nice forklift at your main facility. But we're not going to buy a second one because that was $12,000. Exactly. So. so like I remember this conversation of like, okay, so we either we buy a second forklift to actually get proper functional use out of our main or out of our second building or we get a new building because amortized twelve thousand dollars. Over well, yeah, because like the two buildings I'm paying for right now are like twenty six hundred a month plus fourteen hundred a month. Yeah, the new buildings like so that's like what four grand. Mm -hmm. The new buildings like sixty five hundred. Yeah, or seven, whatever it is. Um, so we're only paying like two or three grand more. So amortize that's six months of a forklift. Yeah, just saved by being in a bit in a new building right so yeah. it's like you got to start thinking about it like that like where's your money saves yeah and it's fine like this we were kind of joking like a lot of joke is said in jest or a lot of truth is said in jest where uh we're kind of joking about like we're pretty close to bankruptcy honestly like we uh nf nfc to fucking payment the other day haven't done that in like five years hmm. um 50 bucks too fuck oh, off and it and then, oh, like where they tried to take it out of our bag, we didn't have enough. Oh, that's not NFC. Whatever. Um, yeah, NFC is when you tap your NSF. NFC. Yeah, that that. Yeah, we fuck it. I haven't done that in like three years. Yeah, fucks our business credit, but whatever. Um, we already have all the credit cards we can possibly. <laughs> yeah, you get, don't need so. more credit right now. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so yeah, we that we're very close to bankruptcy. Um, and we've been saying that, but then we're kind of like, 
thinking about it, we're like, we've been so much closer. <laughs> like it's, it's been worse. Like th- sure, the numbers, the numbers are bigger, but it's been worse. Yeah. Well, like sure, we're close to zero, but like we have so many more resources at our disposal now than we did when mm-hmm. we were when we were younger. You got fucking options. Like we have options. We have uh, credit. We have employees. Like there is, we have a lot of options. Um, there was so much we could cut back. It would suck, but like we could. Yeah. Um, it'll be fine. Like we have so many more options because my option in 2017 when we were close to bankruptcy was go out and sell one type of, I don't want to say shitty wine, but like cheaper wine. Yeah. And that was my only option was just sell more bottles of this one thing. And then if I sold out, that was it. Yeah. Like, because we couldn't afford to make anymore. Yeah. (laughs) So. Yeah. Now you've got. We have options. Six figures of inventory. Yeah. That you could just like. $200,000, dollars of inventory. Which you could just like cut the aging short on technically. Well, I think, yeah, probably what what we did during COVID when we were shut down and we were kind of fucked for money, we, before the SIBA loans came out, yeah. uh, we just didn't make wine for nine months yeah, and just sold out. So like, so our cores ran out, but we just released more seasonals to, uh, to counter it. Yeah. Cause I have so many, I have 35 wines, different wines aging, and I just like to keep 12 to 15 available at once. Yeah. But so, and seven of those are our cores. So if all the cores go, I just release seven more seasonals and people are like, where's the raspberry wine? I really like that one. No, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Try this one. We're quirky like that. We're a small yeah, winery. And, and, and it was fine. And it got yeah. us through COVID and we could do that again. Yeah. You know, in like a year if we needed to. Yeah. So you do have like a liquidatable inventory, which is cool. Yeah. 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 Like it's not super liquid, but like you couldn't like liquidate it in a week. No, but the customers want it. Like, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You could liquidate some amount to a wholesaler potentially, get some upfront money, and then continue to move it steadily. But, yeah, it's like you have a, yeah, a entirely different business model than I deal with on a daily basis. Yeah. Like, for me, it's like literally it's hour to hour, day to day is how my profits are calculated. And that's it. Like, it, we don't have, well, we got options like we don't get into the same crunches as you. We don't have the same overhead as you. So it's like it's very boring. Contracting is a very boring business. And like you don't need to be that like clever to run it. But you do have to be very um, resourceful and, and disciplined. So I guess that that fundamental applies to everything. But yeah, it's like it's always very fun listening to your your stories. And I mean, I'll say this. I ever get genuinely stressed out about your business situation, then that's going to be a real problem. But I'm I'm not fucking worried. I'm like, getting close. Like I look at the bills and the banks. Like we're in a lot of debt. Um, but your future looks bright, and there's a lot of upside. It's not. Yeah. The, and I, I I was kind of talking about this with our uh, our friend Troy yesterday that I was uh, was in town and I was seeing him. Shadow Troy. Um, we were kind of talking about this, and I was like. I know so because both of us grew up, not grew up, but like both of us were in the same business networking circles. Like that's how we met actually was he introduced us. Oh no, grew up. Um, Yeah, we're getting (laughs) old, but uh, Troy introduced the two of us back in in the business networking days where he used to throw these big networking events and you basically, it was just entrepreneurs and artists and that was basically it. Yeah. And um, we were talking about how there's a lot of hacks i want to say absolutely to be nice that had you know these tech companies that had these like tremendous bankruptcies 
because they have nothing to fall back on, yeah. right? I have inventory to fall back on, but like their entire value was speculative. Yeah. And it was just what a VC would pay for it. Right. Right. So like I, I told, I've told this story before and you know who I'm talking about, but he was like, I don't I don't want to like, if I say too many details, people will know he went on dragons then. That's probably too many details, but went on Dragon's <laughs> Den with a tech company. That's all I'll say. Yeah. And I saw him at an event and he told, he's like, oh Which yeah, is man. Canadian Shark Tank. Yeah, it's Shark Tank. And uh, he, he, I met him at an event and he was like, oh yeah, like we're, you know, we're, we're probably opening up with like a 16 mil evaluation. Like we got VC money. Like we're already on round two, like all this shit. Right. I saw him like six weeks later and I asked him how business was and he's like, oh, we're going bankrupt. Yeah. And I'm like. Because oh, because <laughs> Google posted a new update. Yeah, Google put them out of business, and no more details about that. But basically, I rem- like I was laughing about this with or reminiscing about this with Troy yesterday, where it's like, how fleeting is that that you can go from millions and millions of dollars of valuation to nothing? And to be fair, he's probably back in the millions in terms of all the combined things he's doing. Like he bounced back, but it took him a couple of years, and it's. Yeah, I don't know 100% what he's into, but it's a little bit more concrete this time. So yeah, yeah, which is great, good for him. I'm I'm happy for him. Yeah, it's but... not that he's it's not that he's a loser. It's just that he was in an industry that is like, um, like a lot of others. It's kind of predicated on it's on hype and potential and what the uh, it's in the eye of the beholder of like who's who's going to pay for this, right? Yeah, and I know a lot of people say what you will about Gary Vaynerchuk, but. Uh... He is a very salt of the earth kind of business mindset that I, I actually do like. Maybe I don't like a lot of the uh, kind of hype man stuff, but I do like a lot of the. Um, I just he told a story where he was speaking at a at a conference, and he was the last one to go, and the other like eight speakers in front of him, all stood up and they went, "Hey, I'm." Uh, Richard Newgard and uh, I raised $47 million and everyone claps. And he sits down and the next guy stands up and say, hey, I'm Taylor Hugard and I raised $119 million and everyone claps and he says that. And then Gary stands up at the end and he's like, what the fuck are they teaching these people? <laughs> what do you mean? This is what you raise. I don't give a fuck what you raise. What did you sell? Like what, you know? And I just remember he yeah he went on like an unhinged rant like walked off because he's like what the fuck are we talking about yeah and I just that that's always really I saw that video when I was like sixteen that always really stuck in my mind where I'm like yeah like why do our people like oh we're opening this valuation it's like I don't give a fuck what you're <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean like I've seen companies go from nothing to I mean I've seen I've met at some tech conferences when I was still in that industry of like tech bros at conferences that were were in their Patagonias and talking about like their next seed round. And it's like, they still didn't, they were still in like concept of a product. Look how, look at that. That was just eyeballing. That's fucking talent. (laughs) Willow's just filled up two, um, only one ounce shot glasses of tequila with ice almost to the brim. Perfectly. Just eyeballing it. So good job, buddy. Thanks. It's almost like you're uh, a literally liquor, a professional a liquor guy. <laughs> no, I'm actually a stamp guy. Oh. Alcohol- anyway, we're going to I tra- meant alcoholic. <laughs> right. We're going to transfer here into the part of the show that you the audience can pick the shot that we take. Um this week's episode is sponsored by Maple Leaf Rubber Stamp. Get all your stamp needs at mapleleafrubberstamp.ca. We also make I mean they also make uh promotional buttons, uh, ribbons of all kinds, uh different uh 
corporate seals, uh, stuff like that. So check us out. I mean, them out, uh, mapleleafrubberstamp.ca. That's mapleleafrubberstamp on Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, today we are shooting 1800 tequila. Um, wow. Cold. But I made it cold, so we cold. shouldn't die. And I, I don't hate 1800 tequila. Like, Jose Cuervo, I'm probably going to puke if I, <laughs> if I drink. Yeah. This is, like, fine. And I like gold more than... Whatever the other well, Ihaho. Was that racist? Yeah. Uh ho what is it? It's like A J E H O, right? That's like what silver is technically, right? I I don't fucking know. I'm pretty sure. I'm not a tequila connoisseur. I like tequila. Like unironically good tequila. I love the herbal herbaceous taste. Herbaceous. Um, you're you're a you're herbaceous. Thank you, buddy. Cheers. Uh thank you, Maple Leaf Rubber Stamp for sponsoring this episode. Tastes like Ohio. Never say that again. It's what I feel, though. Oh, yeah. You've spent time in Ohio. <laughs> I have not. And drank a lot of tequila, almost exclusive. Like, I would say over this period of my life, um, more than 90% of the tequila I've consumed happened in Ohio. <coughs> and I was only there for three months. <laughs> so I don't know if that tells you anything about the state, but... It was uh, it was a great time, and I remember very little of it. Thanks. Guy gives me three crispers. Two, <coughs> two of which are broken. I figured this would be a great thing to chew into the mic. <coughs> like why? <laughs> that actually sounds pretty good. That's some like, that's some like ASMR. Can you can you hear that? I stood up to get a napkin and these like bag of chips were beside there. So I just took a handful of the bag of chips and put it on the table. And that was like, in retrospect, a terrible idea for an audio podcast. Sometimes I wonder who the fuck listens to the show and like is sitting there like nodding their head right now to the sound of. Um, I swear to God, that's the last one. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know, man. I, I think like I'm kind of in this mode for real, like nowadays, the last six months where I'm like, just grow or die. Right. Where I'm like, yeah. I got to focus on. And I, it's funny because we had a, we had a, vi we had a episode not go viral, but like I, we talked about this. I responded to uh porn star Riley Reed's tweet. She was like, I want to go on more podcasts. And I was like, I have a podcast with six listeners where we get drunk and uh, talk about business talk. Like just gave the, that was back in the day when a blue check mark meant something. <laughs> yeah. just like gave the, the rundown and like 150 people responded to the tweet being like, Hey, this is actually a good idea. Yeah. Uh, and that episode that was like the newest episode of the time, mm -hmm. uh, had like a spike, <laughs> like higher streams mm -hmm. than any other episode. And that was, it was funny because that episode was me like super depressed <laughs> being like, I have no prospects. And like, there's like a bunch of comments on YouTube being like, man, this guy's going through it. Like, I hope he pulls through. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep listening. And like, I think I was being like hyperbolic yeah. for the most part. Like, yeah. I, we've had some, we've had some low ones. We've though. had some low, but like, that was like, I was kind of, and I, I think I said, I don't know if it was that episode, but I definitely said on this podcast and to you privately that like, I want to start something like a side hustle. Yeah. And I've been talking about that for a while. And I've been telling you for a long time that that's what you're missing. It's like, you're you're like, well, how, like, why is this so hard? And I'm like, 
if you're going to do the hardest business, <laughs> diversify. Yeah. Like, and I just like, but, I don't know. But how do you do that? It's yeah, hard. it's hard. Well, and you know, and like, even like my, me and my roommate wrote like a little business plan. Yeah. When all you do something, when all your time is taken up and you've got no more money left, how do you do something more? Yeah. When you and, got nothing left, how do you do more? Yeah. And that was a big problem. But, um, Right now, I've just been like, I used to like sleep in because I work in the nightlife industry. So I'd be up till two or three and then like sleep in till like 10 or 11. Yeah. Now I'm just up till two or three and then waking up at six in the morning to go to the stamp business. Yeah. So um, I'm not going to be able to do this for much longer. I can just tell. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I took. Yeah, yeah you and uh, you and Zach, no, your business partner, both are like, yeah, this is unsustainable. <laughs> yeah, this the boat. We're both feeling it. Like we literally had to divide the businesses in half. Yeah. I'm like, you run your production at Shrug. Don't think about the stamp business. So he hasn't been in in three weeks. Yeah. Like since our, uh, we went away on uh, July 1st. Yeah. Since then he hasn't been back. Well, he's also, he's, I would say he's the real GC of the bar renovation. Well, that's what I was about to say yeah. is that I said, do your production at Shrug and GC the renos. Yeah. I'll run stamp. And then help with the renos. Yeah. Like, so he'll, he's doing like basically renos full time and then production full time. I'm doing my sales full time and then stamp full time. <laughs> and then he's helping me with some shrug stuff. I'm helping him with some reno stuff. Yeah. So you is e essentially what's so happening. You, so you each have a full time job. Well, we're, we're both well, doing like two and a half full time you, jobs. You both have two full time jobs and a part time job. Yes. Yeah. Cor yeah exactly. Yeah. But we had to sit down and talk about it yeah. because it was just too much for both of us. Yeah. So we're like, here's how we're going to divide it. Like, yeah. Cause I'm not good at physical renovations, renovations. I'm, I don't have a mind for it. Yeah. I can't, he can fucking, I, I think you can too, like close your eyes and like, see how something's going to look after you yeah. build it. I can't fucking do that. I, I don't I get know. It. Like, I get it. I've been on, I've been on your side of the table and I've like, I've walked into places where it was like, it was studs and it was demolition. It was whatever. And I was like, I'm at a loss. I don't even know where to start. And I'm like, I couldn't pick up a tool and make a difference right now. And it's just, I felt completely, completely overwhelmed. And it's just like, I, I'm useless in this space. And it was like, but for me, my drive was like, I want to figure it out. And I just relentlessly chased after it until I figured it out. But that was like, because I'm like, I know I could. And that's the way my brain works. And I chased it. And it's like, but it took really, really long for me to get to the point of like, I can look at the skeleton of something and visualize the finished product. And it's like, yeah, I don't fucking fault you for the fact that you can, can't walk into this 6,000 square foot building and know exactly what to do next and what's yeah. like the priorities and what do you do right now with the next five when minutes. When I'm pretty good at self-awareness, I think. I get a little bit egotistical sometimes, but like for the most part, I think I know very well what I'm capable of and I am I'm not going to be able to get good. I could spend full-time job on contracting and I would never get better. <laughs> yeah no that's fine <laughs> like yeah and there's times where it's like i fuck something up and like you guys are yelling at me and i'm like don't you think i feel bad as well like i would love to be good at this shit and it's, i just it's, can't it's mostly because it's kind of funny yeah it's fine it's it's kind of funny when you fuck up because it's like it's like the com we're all so stressed out and it's like the comic relief we're like ah fucking willows <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i'm trying so hard to be good at this which makes it can't. extra funny yeah, and uh so i'll and i know i never will be so I'm like, okay, here's what we're going to do. It's fine. Just like, tell uh, me the days to show up or yeah. the nights to show up. Tell me what I'm doing. Give me one task. Like yeah. like the other day when we were doing the floors, I was just sweeping yeah. for eight hours. <laughs> like that's, yeah. I was just huh? sweeping shit. No, and then like I could do it. That's what you got to do. And it was fine. And so 
but so that's what I told him with the renos. And then that's what I'm basically getting him to do with like stamp stuff. Yeah. I'm like, I just need you to do up this invoice. Show me how to do this in QuickBooks, whatever. But I'm managing it yeah. and then kind of telling him what's going on afterwards. Yeah. And I don't think we talked about... So it doesn't take up like space in your brain. Exactly. And vice versa. Yeah. So the rentals aren't really taking up space in my brain. Stamps isn't really taking up space in his brain. Yeah. And then we're both focusing on Shrug, obviously. Um, but it's nice that we have employees that we can rely on. Yeah. Um, and I don't think we mentioned this. I'm just trying to think of when the last time we recorded is. But my CEO of the stamp business is, uh, resigned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Too right. much for him. Um, and I've hired a new one now. Yeah. So... Uh, we won't get into that story because it's uh, interpersonal and it was uh, Zach's brother. There's nothing to be learned from it. There's nothing. Yeah. There's no, there's nothing to be learned from <laughs> there's the no story. There's no lesson here. Uh, you can say, I told you so if you wanted to, because I think you, I don't know if you brought it up on camera, but uh, you said it probably wouldn't work out. I know you for sure you did. I, yeah, I, think I don't I know had, if it was I, on camera. I, I had some skepticism about yeah. the person. And you were right. Uh, I like to be absolutely fair. I also had some skepticism. I was more so trying to be the devil's advocate. I didn't actually have a hard stance on it. Yeah, I, I didn't really either. But like I had skepticism, but I'm like, it needs to work. Yeah, I'm a very like, well, it just needs to work. Like, we well, need hey, to make it, work. it got you over. It got you over the starting line. Yes. Uh, so he resigned um, after a month. And now I have a, a new uh, CEO. Um, I was going to say shout out him, but then I'm like, what if he resigns? <laughs> Before the next episode? <laughs> Before the next episode? No, uh, Ethan. He seems solid. He seems very solid. He's actually the the brother of another one of my employees at the winery. Yeah. So he's been very, very, very good. Um, very reliable, taking some initiative. And uh, we, as we explained on the on the uh, episode where I ran through the details of the project, yeah. um, there's ownership on the table for him. Yeah. So he has the potential to own 33% of the business after a certain amount of time uh, worked and a certain amount of money put in. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So hopefully one day I can, we can, in a couple of years, we can, I can say my business partner, Ethan, and, uh, you know, hopefully. Yeah. Um, That'd be cool. But he's, he's, he's ambitious. Uh, the, the bit, but the biggest thing that hurts the business, like is like not great is that we're paying the owners, the previous owners, $35 an hour to train us. So now I had to bring them back in and we had to start all over. Yeah. Like I owe them each like four or $5,000 right now. Yeah. And they're being very nice about it and being like, Oh, don't like, don't worry about it. One more nice than the other. But, um, <laughs> the other one, the, I won't say his name, but the, one of the previous owners is great, but he, he walked in the other day and he was just like, I could tell he's having a bad day. You know, he's some, some you got to stop behind a train or something, you know? Mm -hmm. And my, my employee goes, how you doing? And he's like, oh, I was supposed to be retired by now. <laughs> my heart, I'm like, just like, I know, buddy. I'm sorry. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm trying my best. But here. also in the grand scheme of things, like you've delayed him by weeks. Yeah. You, yeah. It has been like a 70 years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's fine. It, it is what it is. It's fine. Um, but, and they, they also, there's a reason why they sold the business instead of just retiring and closing yep. it because they wanted to see it succeed. Yeah. So, so existentially, he's a little bit upset but in real in reality he's like he wants to be there no, but like bro you're upset i'm upset yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. and zach's upset and he wouldn't so, have shown up if he no didn't want to. you're exactly right he's not contractually obligated to show up yeah so um yeah so hopefully like i i i've spent um every day this week there um and 
it's been going really smoothly, knock on wood, yeah. but uh, things have been going very well. We've been bringing in a lot of money. Uh, 20, 23, or was it? Yeah, $23,000 in June. Which is... I think more than... No, no, 32000 Wait, hold on. I love when you reverse No, no, 20. Sorry. No, 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 23. It's on pace to do like 230, 240, 250, something like that, which is we're not going to keep that pace because right. this is a busy season. Yeah, it was $23,000 in, in, in the first 30 days I took over. Which is good. Yeah, I would say so. Like, you know, it's not like we... I think at the winery we did like 70. Yeah. But... um. That is a fair chunk of change on fucking things I didn't even know existed. Stamps and ribbons and like, you know, that I didn't know people yeah. bought. This, and, this never came up in conversation when we're talking about businesses to do on the side. Well, that's, and that's something like I, I've always, I've had, a, I have a list in my phone of like, well, I have a list of business ideas and then yeah. I have another list of not dumb business ideas. Yeah. And it um, was never on there. No, and stamp business was never on there. There's a few things I want to do. Like, I, I'd love to make, like, a hot sauce. I'd love to do a food truck at some point. Like, stuff yeah. that I'm passionate about. Um, there's a couple other things. Uh, watch, uh, like, a watch store would be cool. Like, stuff yeah. that I'm passionate about that I would want to do. Um, and stamp business was never on there. So now I'm, like, getting ex existential. But, <laughs> but getting... I mean, like, the here's the piece of tangible advice. Get involved I guess you can do this with the same uh, bottle girl realtor. Uh, you can find businesses for sale locally yeah, and that yeah. can cause a lot of inspiration. And a lot of these deals are pretty workable because people, uh, small business owners and uh, sole proprietors, often they don't have a retirement plan. They don't have a slush fund. They don't have anything really f figured out for themselves. And all they've got is this business. And if you can work out a deal um, often you can find yourself in a really cool position. Like I'm working on a project right now with a guy. He's got 40 employees. Um, he works across uh, probably half the country working on some of the highest level uh, work in his industry. And he got into the business begrudgingly because he had a client. He worked at like a financial services company, was just like doing investment management whatever it's like a like here like i'll take your savings and like uh i guess it would be like a registered re what, what the fuck do they call this like an investment planner do you know you yeah what's the registered profession? i think it's yeah anyway a lot of them are cp i was gonna say cpa but it's not, not a cpa not cpa i think a lot of i think they're just called registered investment planner Some, right? something like that but anyways he was like one of those guys one of his clients is like rip hey, registered investment planner <laughs> <laughs> I don't Rip. think it's I don't think it's that. No, it's not. But uh CFP, certified financial planner. Today I learned something. Yeah, CFP. Uh at least in Canada. But anyways, so he's a CFP and one of his clients was like please take my business. And he's like, "What? No. I'm a CFP and I'm perfectly happy." He's like, "You must take my business." I'm going to give you he gave him terms like he couldn't refuse and he's like, "Okay, fuck, fine. I'll run your business." And uh took over it. And yeah, the guy's got fucking 40 employees, does 10, 12 million dollars a year and got connections through top tier industry professionals across the world. And it's just like fucking living it up, doing huge stuff. And he's like, yeah, he's my age. He's 27, 28. And it's just like running this amazing company. But he never sought it out. 
it just kind of fell into his fucking lap. I mean, super lucky. Well, the guy's got a lot of the guy has a lot of privilege working in his favor. I'll grant him that. He's about as privileged as you fucking get. But still, the point being, a lot of these opportunities will come from pre-existing businesses. You don't need to go out there and create the next new or different and exciting or innovative and whatever, innovative and disruptive. That shit's overrated. And almost impossible. And usually impossible. Don't fucking go for that if you're, unless you actually are the person that has something fucking crazy and innovative on the cutting edge. And if you do, you'll know it. And if you don't, you know it. I knew it since I was eight years old. You were cutting edge? That I had something that other people didn't. Right, but it wasn't like... That first lemonade stand when I was eight years old, I knew it. You're the only one. I'm not the first winery in the world. I looked left and I looked right, and there was no other lemonade stands. Exactly. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of great fucking businesses out there. So go and cut your teeth on something that exists. Here's, um... Because boomers are uh, getting old. Here's a story you might find interesting. I have this uh, friend at the farmer's market, because I do a lot of farmer's markets, and uh, he sells, like... Uh, he makes like chocolate or he, so he started making coffee. That's where, he, that's where I met him. And then like he was just buying beans, roasting them or whatever, right? Whatever. Blending, roasting. But yeah, whatever. He wasn't doing any like the labor himself. He was like, you know, importing the beans, getting a roaster and then like packaging them. Right. Great. And then, but he's like, oh, I don't, I like, I like coffee. That's why I did it. But like, I don't, you know, I'm not super passionate about coffee, but what I'm super passionate about is chocolate. Hmm. And my coffee guy has a chocolate guy. <laughs> or a cocoa bean guy or whatever yeah. right so he was like bringing in cocoa beans and like making chocolate bars um and then so cool like cool little businesses great guy to talk to all these stories all the time like his wife's like from japan and they met in japan and like so he's like always over there and like it's he is all these stories all the time and then so like but he would like he was so inconsistent with the markets mm-hmm. he would just like disappear for a month and then we'd see him again. He's like, oh, yeah, I was in Japan. Or, oh, yeah, I was I was just doing, like, a bareback camping thing where I just, like, took a backpack and that was it. And I was like, okay. Was like, oh, I was in Costa Rica. It's like, okay. And then we're, like, kind of like, okay, buddy, like, like money, right? <laughs> how, how do you afford this lifestyle? Because you know, he always talked about how his, like, parents were poor and, like, all this. Yeah. And we're like, what are you doing? And so he's like, oh, yeah, so I started this painting business when nice. I was, like, 22, Ran it for five years or whatever. Built it to like, you know, 20 employees, like good millions of dollars of cash flow. But I hated it. Wanted to get out of it. So I sold it. But part of the deal was, is that he would get like 3% gross revenue in perpetuity. Right. Uh, And he's just been living on that for 20 years. Nice. And I don't know who the fuck. Signed that deal. Signed that deal. I'm like, good for you. (laughs) Like, buddy. But like, I don't know who. Who thought that was a good idea? That they're paying him... 3% doesn't sound like a lot. But on millions, right? Or no, maybe it was higher. But like... On gross. No, on gross, though. So like before you profit, you pay... He gets paid. (laughs) That's a CEO bonus. Yeah. So... I I used to... uh, I had a six-figure job because I had a base salary plus personal commissions plus 2% uh, 2 top-end royalty. (laughs) <laughs> or like gross royalty. <coughs> Willis is dying. <coughs> You're fine. 
Anyways, I mean, <laughs> I, I had like a 2% royalty, and it was, yeah, it was like 30, 40% of my income. Yeah, literally, which is, is scary because if the business ever, you know, right. tanks, then it's like you lose your... But that's my job. I mean, if... Yeah, it's to if make it bi- not tank. If the, business, if the business tanks, I also lose my job. Yeah, which is also fair. But yeah, so like, I don't know who the... Fu- and like, me and my other friend who also knows this guy, we're kind of talking, and we're like, I could see you signing that deal... In like a weird, like I've seen those deals on like Shark Tank. Yeah. Where it's like they have the intellectual property. Right. It's like, well, I want to sell the business, but it doesn't come with the intellectual property. You license that for me. Right. From a certain amount of money. And those, those deals happen. Yeah. Because it's, those are usually like from, well, from what I've seen or like someone who invented something. Right. Is going to get like a lifetime. Like if if you've ever seen like the uh, the curved up wingtips on an, on a commercial airliner. Sure. The engineer that made that and patented it lives in Winnipeg, lives in our oh, city. Cool. And he's fucking rich. And he like worked for some company and is like, oh, I have this amazing idea on his own time, goes and makes this design, files the patent, and then licenses that patent to like Boeing and Airbus. And he's fucking wealthy and retired. Yeah. So like there's, there's deals like that, but on a company where you just like get some paint, yeah, it doesn't make know. any sense. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know if it made sense to him, but he got but it. he made it work. Yeah, <laughs> and they signed a lifetime deal. As long as that brand exists, they pay him. Yeah. So he just lives on that fucking money, and then basically does the markets as a hobby. Yeah. I love farmers markets, man. The people you meet. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. People at very interesting parts points of their life are selling shit at markets. When it's like the it's the purest entrepreneurs. Yeah. This is the people I meet there. Is yeah. like so many people that are like just had the weirdest idea or how they fell into it. It's like it's always interesting. Yeah. I make some shit. And it's like also interesting because like I'm at the big farm like the biggest ones we do is probably like hundred and twenty vendors. Yeah. Biggest weekly ones. Like I'll do one offs that are like three hundred. But um, you know, compared to like the there's like Ottawa farmers market that's like five hundred, there's like Toronto that's huge, right? Right. Um But probably out of like hundred and fifty weekly vendors, like I bet fifteen percent of them are doing it full time. Right. A lot of them are maybe thirty maybe thirty at the max. But a lot of them are just like full time jobs during the week. And then they do it as a side hustle. Yeah. Which, great. Good for them. But that kind of threw me off. I remember when I was like starting, where I just assumed everyone was doing it full time. Because I'm like, how do you have time for these markets and a job and kids? Like, Yeah, because yeah, entrepreneurship isn't that hard. <laughs> you know, it's really easy, actually. Entrepreneurship is like the easiest it's, entrepreneurship. It's, ba- it's basically like a curling hobby. Where you go curling on the weekends with your What's with that? Your pros. It's Nobody cur- listening knows what curling is. Curling is we have seventy percent of our audience is in America. It's kind of like hockey, but with rocks. Hockey sticks? No sticks, just rocks. Oh. Google it. Me selling weed. <laughs> um. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. No sticks. Uh. <laughs> just rocks. That was. <laughs> That's another thing I'm selling. Oh. That was your brand? No sticks, just rocks? Stick rock. Yeah, stickrock.ca. Oh, wait. Buy my weed. That's golf. Golf. I would start a weed brand if it wasn't 
more regulated than liquor somehow. If it wasn't worse than what you're already doing. Somehow. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, wait till psilocybin is a thing. Nobody does that. Psilocybin-laced apple cider. We call it psilocyber, I'm telling you. Whoo! And you order it online, so cyber with a Y. Anyways, I think we burned out all of our fucking brain juice on this episode. Isn't that weird? You're that we, welcome. Yeah. We ha- yeah. We have to do this once and so often. It's like, um, never mind, I was going to make a bad sex joke. You can fill in the blanks, just like I did on this podcast. Uh, speaking of shooting blanks, uh, <laughs> that is Willow's. Hello, this, that Tyler, speaking of wearing a weird shirt, that's Tyler. Um, me and his mother hate his ripped jeans. We share that in common. Is there anything? <laughs> I'm like kind of self-conscious. <laughs> Is there anything now that we're under the influence of alcohol that you've changed your mind about that we've talked about on the podcast? Yeah, you shouldn't have bought that bar. The bar, I'm kind of <laughs> sus about. The stamp business, I'm like doubling down on. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, you're good. I think upgrading during our busy season, during buying a business, I think this might bankrupt us. Mm, stay least... tuned. Stay tuned. To see if I go out of business. Yeah, you'll be all right. It's uh, July 12th today of 2023. We will be moving into the new place August 1st is the plan. Grand, and then, grand opening TBA. Yeah, the, if if the bar can be like open full capacity for Christmas, I'll be happy. Oh, we'll hit that for sure. Yeah. That well, that's what I mean. But like, I want to have like events the because we're doing the event space first. Like, we can do events with fucking fold out Costco tables. Yeah, I I would like to soft open for Halloween. I think that's realistic. Yeah, yeah. Um. The problem is, as soon as we get out of the summer and we're not doing markets, my money just dries up. So, yeah. Yeah. We well, got to do the bulk of the construction before, otherwise. Then it's mostly my time, not necessarily lots of money. That's also fair. So, we'll figure it out. So, yeah, stay tuned to see if we went out of business. Um, it'd be really fun to Alex do Alex Jones Cliffhanger. We might not see you again. It'd be fun to do this podcast, like, as me as an unemployed. <laughs> Just us at a bus stop. Well, I'm doing like 30 episodes a week <laughs> because yeah. I'm just like sitting at home. <laughs> like At a bus stop. I think if I was like, if I was unemployed, like if I lost all the businesses yeah. and had nothing to do, I would like stream on Twitch like 20 hours a day. Until. Until I got famous. Until it worked, yeah. Like I feel like you don't need that many followers to like make, not a good living, but like a living where I can live on. Like I, I've lived on $8,000 a year before. Yeah, I feel like I could make eight thousand dollars a year on Twitch if I streamed like every waking moment I was awake. I think you could too, especially if you started taking your clothes off. If I thought I could make money on OnlyFans, I would have done it already. True. No, I probably could. I'm just like. Um, so next week we're gonna talk about OnlyFans and how much money we made since then. I am very open to having an OnlyFans girl on the podcast as oh, a guest. Fuck yeah. That'd but be amazing. here's my problem is that, not to be mean to any of you because I love you, I love entrepreneurs, none of the ones that I'm like very close with are like very super successful. Mm. You know what I mean? Like if you have an OnlyFans but you also have a job, I'm kind of like, hmm. <laughs> like you want some of this, like a little bit of virality. Yeah. Li- well, even just like doing it full time. Sure. Right. Because, like... Sex work as a career. 
Yeah, like, I'm down. I don't know what sex work is a part-time gig. <laughs> sex work is a hustle? I mean, it is what it is. I'm not going to judge It is anyone. a hustle, obviously. I'm just very... Just in terms of, like, pure strategic business conversation. Just as a business no conversation. Fucking ju- that's no what fucking I mean. judgment, obviously. No, no. Like, so it's funny because, no, I'm not judging the sex work part. I'm judging the part-time part. <laughs> the success part. Yeah, that's what I'm judging. I love that's sex funny. work. I'm ju- like, that's the same way I judge people. Like when I started my business, I just went in. Yeah. I didn't fucking have a job and do the business. I just did the business. Yeah. The hours you spend on a job, just spend it on the business. You'll that's be- what I'm mad about. <laughs> like, oh, thank you for listening, guys. I really appreciate it. It's nice to be back. This like feels right. Feels a little normal. Feels like we're getting back to normal. After we flatten the curve. Hold on. Nine more seconds and we're at exactly an hour. Except I was like doing a bunch of shit right at the beginning. Google that curve. Okay. Bye. Alcohol beyond this point podcast. This isn't two podcasters talking business. This is two business guys trying to podcast.